Hello, plantpreneurs, and welcome to Series 4 of the Plant-Based Business Podcast brought to you by us here at Vivolution. I'm Eric Amundsen, your co-host, and welcome to one of our mini-episodes where we will hear from a startup's success story. Tune in each week to hear from a founder who has found funding utilizing the Vivolution investment marketplace. Hey, everyone. Eric here. Did you know that there's 1.3 billion tons of waste generated each year by the food industry globally? The Plant-Based Business Podcast is created with support from Hira, Europe's fastest-growing plant-based meat company. Rooted in activism and the desire to drive positive change, the company's credentialed R&D team, the Tech Rebels, is spearheading a new food frontier that prioritizes sustainability. Going beyond what's been technologically possible to date, Hero's new approach uses nutrient-dense materials from industry, byproduct, and non-utilized plant sources. So imagine, instead of just focusing on proteins from a legume seed, Hero is finding ways to leverage the functionality of whole plants and their naturally occurring structures. Over the past year, Hero has quadrupled the size of its expert R&D team and will launch up to 10 new products this year. Follow Hero Foods, that's H-E-U-R-A, on LinkedIn to see how it's tackling the big, unsolved global food challenges using low-carbon footprint technologies. Now back to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Plant-Based Business Podcast, brought to you by us here at Evolution. Eric Amundsen here, and today I'm joined by Lewis Foster, co-founder and CEO of Grazer. Lewis, how are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, can you tell us just about your business and, you know, what problem you're solving? You know, what is what is Grazer? What do you guys do? Sure. So I'm the founder of Grazer. We're a dating and friend-finding app for vegans and vegetarians. Um, what we're really doing is building a network. We like to think of ourselves as connecting the consciously like-minded through meatless matches. Um, it's our ambition to unite and empower the plant-based community as we see connection as a big um, a big marker for how successful any kind of movement can be. And so what we're trying to do is better connect the vegan and vegetarian movement and really help spread and accelerate the movement across the world. Um, so yeah, we're, we're primarily focused on dating, but we have bigger am- ambitions of where we want to take uh, our platform. Tell us about you and the other co-founders leading the project. Um, you know, do you always feel like that you were destined to be an entrepreneur. I know that, um, you know, I did a little investigating. You have a background in, in film and design. So bring us back a little bit on the journey and how you got to kind of where you are and how you found your team and kind of how this all began. Yeah, sure. So um, I studied uh, graphic design at university, but while I was in my last year, I started to get really interested in film. And I always felt that film for me has one of the biggest potentials to help shape um, the world and help improve the world. Um, And documentary was a big passion of mine. Um, And I slowly got into the film industry and kind of ended up actually being a music video director for for a few years. Um, And then um, I got to the level where I started pitching on commercials. And the first commercial I was asked to pitch on was for KFC. At this point, I was uh, vegan for about five years and it didn't sit well with me. And I, it was kind of a big turning point for me and my ambitions with my career. And I just felt like 
what am I really doing? I need to do something more aligned with who, who I am and where, what I want to do for the world. And so I actually moved home with my parents and thought about what could I do that um, I could feel like I'm happy with, you know, what I'm doing with my life. And for me, veganism was, it always came back to veganism. So I knew I wanted to do something with veganism, but didn't know what. And so I started uh, looking at ideas. And one of the big problems I found just from being in the community is that dating was always a big problem. And the dating apps at the time, there was a couple of vegan dating apps that were kind of tiny. And I, I just felt the branding was so, so bad. And that we've got this kind of movement where all these young people are starting to come vegan. And it's like, it's no longer this kind of veggie stereotype of the past. It's, you know, it's, it's everyone. It's people who, you know, um, like to eat avocados, like to play football. It's, it's, it's everyone. And it, and I didn't feel like those brands were representative of that. And so I felt like I could bring my experience with design and, and try and bring a brand that was cool and aspirational for young people. Cause I think, you know, if we want to be successful um, as a vegan movement, we have to be those things um, to act as a bridge for people who are considering the lifestyle. So I just felt there was a huge opportunity there. Um, and that kind of sparks, sparked it in me. Um, and then it's obviously grown with uh, our mission and that, that side of our mission is way more valuable for me instead of the opportunity. But that was the starting point, the spark that really made me think, okay, there's an opportunity. I need to, I need to focus on this. So I yeah, moved home and I put all my savings into it and uh, managed to get a, a beta version out and um, test the water. And it was, it was really successful um, initially. And it kind of proved to me that, okay, this is, this is right. And um, it's led us to where we are today, raising our seed round. Yeah. Amazing. You, I think it takes a lot of, it's really hard. It's really, it takes a lot of gut and it's not easy to just sort of say, I'm going to do what I'm passionate about and figure out, you know, a solution that I can provide to the world. I think that we probably are surrounded by people who don't understand kind of that commitment and what that looks like. So I applaud you for that. Um, but obviously you've probably had a little bit of help. So, you know, who, who's kind of on the team and how did you find some people to come along you know, this ride with you. That's like the first part is, is finding a few, you know, your kind of small tribe and kind of moving it forward. So um, yeah, tell us about your team and how that happened and how you've kind of built things out um, recently with, with Grazer. Yeah. So I think, you know, we've had a bit of a rebirth last, uh, last year. Um, we actually launched in 2017. At that time, it was just myself and I was solo working from my parents' bedroom and, trying to manage everything. And it was, it was a big learning curve. And at the same time, there was some issues that came up in my personal life and I had to leave Grazer on, as a side project for, for a little while. And I was really kind of toying with it. It's one of those, you know, things as a founder, you go through ups and downs. You wonder, hey, am I right for this? Am I doing the right thing? Do I have enough? Um, am I the right person to take this forward? And I was going through all those dilemmas while dealing with some family issues and personal issues. And I was at, the, I was at a point where I was like, okay, maybe this is not right for me. And then I just, I just thought, okay, maybe the missing element is bringing on someone else and having a co-founder. And so I actually went on LinkedIn and I typed in marketing because I think marketing was one of the aspects that we needed. We had freelance developers who were working who have a small equity stake in Grazer who, who are great. 
So I needed a marketing person. So I just typed in vegan marketing in, in LinkedIn and just went through an absolute rampage and messaged everyone. And then I managed to find Charlotte and Charlotte is um, based in London. She was previously at another dating app and she was part of their founding team that saw them from zero to 200,000 users. She's vegan and we just hit it off. And she's been on since April. And ever since then, we've just snowballed. We you know reset our strategy. We then started um, looking for funding. We, that's when we um, started pushing our um, funding round on Devolution. And then things just started to snowball from there. And it's really kind of accelerated us. Um, so yeah, I'm really glad that made that decision to bring on bring on someone else sometimes you just need that to just shake you up and just you know give you a bit of energy and because it can be it can be tough working from home by yourself and yeah it's it, it can be it can be really hard so yeah that was that was a real turning point for us yeah so so let's get into that i guess you you know you kind of found your your team obviously it takes it can take a lot of courage to just be like all right i'm i, I i'm i can't cover all the bases i have to find someone else you succeed in finding Charlotte, who I've met, and she's great as well. And at what point were you, did you know that fundraising was the right decision? How did you decide, um, you know, how to communicate your value proposition to essentially strangers, right? Investors who you don't know. How did that process start for you all and, and kind of bring me to the point to where you listed Grazer on Vevolution? Yeah, so I think for our kind of business model, it's it's really difficult to, you know, we need traction, we need critical massive users for our for our app to function, and because of that reason, we need a big a big um, uh, investment in capital so that we can push a marketing campaign. Um, but at the same time, you know, we've also got to have a product that works. We've got to have a brand that people are excited about, and so what we decided to do is focus more a little bit more on our on our brand and our product and show a little bit of traction um, and then we could go to investors and be like hey look we've we've done this with this amount of uh, of money this is the proof that we can make this successful and then we um, we're looking at okay strategy who who can we approach and the thing with grazer being a vegan tech company is that there's plenty of investors who want to invest in alternative proteins or the next dairy alternative, and they're highly specialized for those kind of investments. But there's not many vegan investors who, who, are, or who would invest in tech or understand tech. Um, so we kind of felt that we were kind of in this awkward position. And for us, we kind of, we wanted to have mission aligned investors. It wasn't like completely important, but um, we wanted to. And so we were looking at who we could approach and we have like spreadsheets of targets and, you know, trying to get warm connections to people. And it was, it was a real struggle. And, you know, we messaged so many people over and over again. Um, and that's just something, you, something you have to do. And then um, we looked at the Vevolution platform and we felt, okay, this, this kind of makes sense for us it, that it kind of felt like this could be the space where we could meet someone. And so we would use that use of evolution as a place to message all the investors on there. <laughs> um, and um, we see, we saw that a few people were interested. And then um, once one person was interested in our deck and showed interest, then another person did. And then the ball started rolling. 
um, on Bevolution, and then we could go to other investors outside and be like, hey, we've got these investors on board. Um, and that first yes is is the hardest one, but when you get that, then you have something to report to other people. And then, you know, you have other investors who have that kind of fear of missing out. So that was that was our strategy. And it actually took a long period of time. We we first started uh, to raise and then we decided, okay, let's let's stop raising, let's focus on our brand again and let's let's push again. So we kind of did it in two two phases. Um, and we're now uh, doing a, a Cedars crowdfunding campaign to top up our round because we're we're a company that's based around community and we want our community to have the potential to own part of Grays and be part of the journey too. So we're current we're currently, I think we we've got two weeks left on our campaign. Um, but yeah, it's been a, been a long slog, but we're, we're pretty much there now. Yeah, and I think it's a pretty sustainable model, right? I think that uh, for crowd for crowdfunding, you definitely need to have some of that lead investment and have some traction before you can even kind of list successfully on there. And um, you know, at Evolution, I really, you know, we really believe, and you've experienced this that uh, we have some amazing amazing angels and funds who are you know kind of willing to help. Um, with those, with that, with that first set of lead investments. So I'm glad that we were able to help. Um, can you, can you describe like kind of what the process in a little bit more detail, what it was like for you, uh, how easy or, or difficult it may have been to use Vivolution? Um, you know, what was it like to, cause I, we're running a tech platform like you are. So I think that we kind of are communicating two of the same worlds a little bit, um, that user experience, right. What was that like for you? And, um, yeah, what would you recommend to other startups who are looking to use the Vivolution platform? Yeah, I felt like uh, the onboarding process of the campaign was really straightforward and, and easy to do. Um, and we were able to put our, our deck on the platform. And there's also an option to use DocSend, which has been a great help for us. Um, it's, a, it's a software that you know when someone opens the app, uh, opens your deck, sorry, and see how long they look at your, your, um, your pitch for. Um, I think the thing that was great for us was seeing the insights and the feedback from our deck because often you know you send you send some you send an investor a deck or a proposal you might not hear back or you might just get a no but it's it's interesting to see insights and see feedback um, and then also you have you can have direct access uh, to investors via the messaging service which is which has been great too um, and also just to it's nice to have like a collated group of people that you can do a bit of research on and uh, try and approach and come up with a strategy for each one. And obviously most of the investors on the platform know each other or have some kind of connection to each other. So if you get one person on board, you can ask them to, Hey, could you intro me to, to that person? And um, I think that kind of network is the thing that, um, is really needed, especially for the vegan space, um, the startup scene. In general, now that you've been kind of through this process over the last several months, are there any fundraising best practices that you would share with aspiring entrepreneurs? You know, things that you wish you would have known when you started. Yeah, I think strategy is the most important thing, um, and getting a warm connection. So you can send as many LinkedIn messages to investors as, as as you can, but the chances of that coming through and getting a yes from anyone or even them just even reading the message is very low. Expanding your network is one of the, the most valuable things that, that we've done. 
Um, that is trying to meet people, trying to get face-to-face meetings, trying to get someone who knows that person. Maybe maybe there's a there's someone that you're trying to get hold of who's got a connection on LinkedIn that you know personally, then you can ask them to message them for you. Like that that kind of strategy is really really important. You can't just sit behind your desk and just try and message everyone. It just I mean, I'm sure there are examples of it working, but you're reducing your chances and you really need to get out there, be part of the community, know people, message people, get speak to other entrepreneurs who've, you know, because other startups have investors as well. Maybe they can introduce you to them. So just being part of the community, I think uh, the, start, the startup scene, especially the vegan startup scene is really important. Now that you have, you know, almost have the round wrapped up, um, can you tell us what Grazer will be working on this year and what's kind of, you know, what to expect going forward, obviously within what you can tell us um, publicly? Yeah, sure. So um, to date, we haven't really spent hardly any money on marketing. Everything we've done so far has been through organic growth and word of mouth and just being on the app store. So our raise this time is to, first of all, increase our infrastructure as a company. At the moment, it's just myself and Charlotte, who's marketing. Um, we want to expand our tech team, um, make our product better, and then actually have a budget so that we can uh, push uh, grades across the world. Um, that's something we're really excited about is the impact we can have, not just in um, you know where cities where veganism is on, on the rise, but where places are uh, veganism is just emerging. How can we bring together communities across the world? Um, so yeah, we want to do not only uh, work on on our app and connecting people on online, but also offline and really making veganism a more fun, uh, uh, easier place to, to be, you know? So that's our focus for this year. And, you know, we're definitely obviously going to have to raise again, but um, we're quite happy that this round is kind of gearing, um, kind of gearing its close and that we can really focus now on, bringing a product to the market that can really get vegan community excited about. Yeah. I mean, I think in general, um, it's been great to see your success. I'm excited to see you all continue to grow and to hopefully use the app myself. Do you have any other thoughts or advice for, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs, whether it be related to fundraising or just being a founder in general, because the path is not always so easy. Yeah. I think, I think for me, um, team is is super important having people that you can work with and bounce off and energize you uh, and also having a bit more of a a work-life balance Um, for us we got one of our first investments was to get an office so we could separate our work and life situation and that's been really helpful for our our mental health but also our productivity so i would really advise trying to get a space whether it's co-working office or even just a dedicated space in your home where you can work with your co-founders. I think it's, I think it's really helpful. Well, thank you, Lewis. I'm so happy that you're finding your success and, and getting everything rolling in 2022. We're super excited at Vevolution to see what you have, you know, what you'll be working on. Uh, again, this is Eric Amundsen with Vevolution on a plant-based business podcast. We were joined by Lewis Foster, co-founder and CEO of Grazer. Lewis, thank you so much for being here and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
Hello, Eric here, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Plant-Based Business Podcast brought to you by us here at Vivolutions. We're building the world's leading plant-based and set lag community and marketplace. Head on over to www.vevolution.com to join our marketplace of investors and startups building solutions for a brighter future. In 2021, more than 25 startups secured partial or full round funding on Vevolution. And if you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a positive review. And please consider sharing it on your preferred social media channels. It really helps more people discover the positive stories we're sharing from around the world. Please give us a shout and tag us when you tell others about the podcast. You can find us on all social media channels at Vivolution. And you can email us at hello at Vivolution.com if you want to reach out. We love hearing from our listeners. As always, thank you to Bridie Allison Child, who edits the podcast, and all of our guests and you, our listeners, for supporting the show. See you next time.